Welcome to the Shift Changer Podcast, where we discuss the reality that shift happens and the most incredible experiences arise when we make a decision to be the change. Well, I'm excited about this episode of the Shift Changer Podcast. Today, we are talking about how to shift change to servant leadership. Um, and I have with me a friend um, who's become one of my, one of my good friends through um, LoveBot, and that is um, Mike Rosas. And um, I, I went to his website, Revolutionary Living, and after going through the website, I thought, this guy is the one I want to talk to about servanthood and leadership. And I call it servant leadership. It's something that I think um, has been, go- been a, a normal term in the Christian community. Um, and I, I think some people don't know what that is. And so I'd love for you, Mike, to kind of talk about that and why um, I, you and I both know why it goes hand in hand, but I want to talk about that, why it's important that it goes hand in hand um, and what the Bible says about that. So thank you so much, um, Mike. Take it from there. <laughs> yes, no, honored, honored to be a part of the, the podcast. I love the Kurtman family. Monica, what you do uh, for so many other people is such an inspiration um, your heart to not only lead your family well, but to bless other families and other ministries, including serving at the church you're a part of, is just, it's awesome. So the, the honor is all mine of being on the podcast. Well, you're welcome. I'm yeah. happy to have you. Tell yeah. us a little bit about you, what you do, and your different hats that you wear. And then we'll talk about um, your sticky note quote after that. Okay. Um, you know, I, I've been, I've been blessed with the ability to serve an awesome God. And so he's called uh, myself, and my beautiful wife, Lydia, to, to steward a couple of different things. First thing we have a ministry that's called uprising society. It's an evangelistic ministry. And, uh, and so we love God and we love people. And, uh, after that we have our, our missions arm, which is love international. We have an orphanage, uh, based in Swatcha, Columbia, just outside of the capital of Bogota, where we have 30 girls between the ages of 7 to 18, should be arriving literally any week now. So we're super excited about that. Yeah. And then um, actually before I got into ministry, the Lord gave me some opportunities uh, to work in the marketing industry. So I also run a marketing agency called Discovery Marketing Agency. And so I have a team of awesome creatives uh, that help us help churches, for-profits and non-profits. That's so cool. Yeah, so the Lord's been gracious and enjoying life and uh, and the riches of being obedient to a good God. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing all that. Um, so all of our listeners know um, our connection. I, I think I mentioned it, but you know, you're one of our partners that um, Paloma Blanca uh, sows seeds into. Yes. And so um, uh, it's a privilege and an honor. One, it was something I, in- I intentionally sought out because the Lord had told me, find someone to rub elbows with. So people will know the heart, but also the, the hands mm-hmm. of who they're giving to. Um, so that, that's our connection. Um, we sow into your ministry and we're honored. Um, the the but- honor is all ours. We've been very <laughs> blessed by, by what you and Paloma Blanca do. And, uh, you know, the fact that of your faithfulness, even during COVID, COVID was a tough season for many families and businesses and, and the fact that even during this tough season, y'all continued to sow for the orphans uh, was something that really, really blessed us and challenged us. So thank you so much for your heart of faithfulness to the Lord and to the orphan. Well, um, it was a challenge for us too, because you guys know that on, on our end, we were 
also rowing a boat of unemployment and, <laughs> and, and we were just like, all right, God, um, you, you started this in us from before COVID. So now we're being faced with what are we, what's our response with COVID? Mm -hmm. Are we still going to sow? And, mm -hmm. and so it was a walk of faith to be like, yeah. part of it was like, do I sow? You know, some months I, I felt insignificant. It felt like, oh, it was just $40. Um, and then some months were better. And I thought, you know what? I, I thought about the the lady with um, with all that she gave. Mm -hmm. I forget what it was. It was the, um, I forget the parable. Mm -hmm. But she gave all that she had. It was little. And God saw it as great because she had great faith. So right. for, for us, it was um we were just going to be obedient to what God had put in our heart. And we were still going to serve um, as an offering, you know, because we, we believe the tithe is first and the rest is right. offering to the Lord. So um, that was, that was the challenge that we were still going to stay faithful, even with circumstances. And it was a good test. It was a good, like, all right, God, we can do that. So um, I'm grateful that we've gotten uh, kind of over that hump. So what is your sticky note quote for us about, servant leadership or the thing that kind of gets you basically reared up, uh, uh, geared up every day for all the things that you're doing. So I have this quote, it's not necessarily, I don't know if it fits on a sticky note, maybe a few, um, but, but it's from uh, Dinesh D'Souza, who's a, uh, who's a movie producer. And he said, Christianity enhanced the notion of political and social accountability by providing a new model, that of servant leadership. In ancient Greece and Rome, no one would have dreamed of considering political leaders anyone's servants. The job of the leader was to lead, but Christ invented the notion that the way to lead is by serving the needs of others, especially those who are the most needy. And so for me, that's a challenge because as a believer, my highest goal is to follow the footsteps of Christ. So if my Savior, if my Master did it, well, then that's my highest goal is to put a smile on his face. So this reminds me that I shouldn't be striving for, you know, for, for titles or for thrones. As my mentor, Doug Stringer says, he says, when men reach for thrones, Christ reached for a towel to wash men's feet. And I think it's those wow. kind of things that humble us and keep us on the right path. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of the discussion between the, the disciples about like who was the greatest mm -hmm. Right. And, and Jesus like overheard them and was like, you want to be great? <laughs> Serve. You know, I, I didn't even come to be great. That wasn't my role. I came to serve. Yeah. And, and so for me, um, I've, I've, you know, born and raised in the church. Um, we served in multiple ways. We never saw it as work. We saw it as, um, I don't know, an act of worship just like that yeah. this is what we were doing like that now granted as children though we, we may be grumpy about it <laughs> we learned at, the older we got like this is this is really blessing the heart of jesus forget what other people may think about it or that i make my mom happy that's great and now as parents i understand what they were they were instilling with us was just a heart of of leadership a heart of servanthood through leadership um, and I think that you, in order to get to leadership, you have to go through and, and still use servanthood, even when you've obtained a higher level of leadership. I mean, one of the, the many books I read is, you know, John Maxwell, and they're basically, everything that he says is always tied with serving and leadership. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
that's something that I've, I've noticed, you know, as a child until now, um, even when I was working as a nurse that, um, I think I had mentioned this, I forgot if it was you guys or who I spoke to, but, um, we were washing the feet of this, one of my patients, um, I was doing something else with him, but I saw his feet were dirty and I asked my coworker and I had to ask a specific person because sometimes in the medical field, if you didn't come for, let's say, um, an ingrown toenail, they're not going to focus on your ingrown toenail. They're just going to do what you came for. Right. But um, I learned way back when, when you look at a patient, you look at the whole patient, not just the one thing. Mm-hmm. And I began to see that God was developing me that, hey, I don't want you just to look at, you know, the cough. I want you to look at the whole person. Yeah. That really is where that started to really kind of take root into my life as I applied it in my practice. But anyway, so I asked my friend, like, help me wash his feet. And she was like, Monica, you know, he came here for whatever. And I was like, I know, but I don't want him to go home like that. And so, uh, I got pulled away to another patient. She came back and I was like, Oh, his feet look great. And she was like, girl, that was rough. And (laughs) And I said, I know, but you know, you, you, uh, I think I said something like, you never know that could have been, um, said you made Jesus happy. And she goes, Oh, I know I did. And I go, it is her confidence. She was like, because Jesus said, you know, what we do for the least of these, we do for him. And so I was like, Oh man, she gets it. Which is why I asked her too. Um, because I knew she, you know, she would be like, girl, I'll I'll clean a feet with you. Um, but so that's what servant leadership means to me. It's, it's, you know, it's, it, it is exactly following after our, our master, our leader, our supreme leader, who is Jesus Christ, who wasn't afraid to get down and wash feet, you know? Right. Yes. And, you know, I, I think that's what I love so much about the backwardness, at least to the world of the kingdom of God, is that you have these diametrically opposed terms that God puts together and makes them work right? It's our sin and his grace. It's our, uh, our fear and his faith. And then he connects servant and leader, which at no other time, no other person had done that. But it's only through the perspective of the love of God and love of man does that even begin to make sense. You know, as you said, the disciples are going after who's going to be the most powerful and God said, well, who's going to serve the most? Mm-hmm. If you want to be first, you got to be last. And it's until we understand that as believers that we can, that we will begin to grasp what God wants us to do. Because it's not about the leadership part that God wants us to focus on. It's on the obedience part. Yes. Servant leadership is only powerful because we do it in obedience to the Father calling us to that. Our love for God necessitates us loving man. And when we love man, when we love our neighbor, it necessitates us leading them. When you love somebody, the Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if I love myself, I want what's best for myself. I'm going to do everything possible to try to get myself to the point that I want to be. So if I'm going to love my neighbor in that same way, I'm going to have to serve and help lead them into that place. And so for servant leaderships, it's an understanding that people get when you go into a job, especially now with the transparency that social media brings to bad and good situations mm-hmm. is that you can't just lead through title anymore. Now you have to lead through model. You have to lead through this place where you show what you want to reproduce. 
Right. So Christ teaches us that so brilliantly because he's saying, if you want to be first, you have to be last. And while being last, what we do is we elevate people above us and it allows us to go to that place together. John Maxwell says leadership is influence. I, I believe that's part of it because it's not just influence. I think it's the heart that comes with that. I think it's the ability to build on that influence and to take them on a journey and to be able to lead them to that place. But we have to first understand that to lead somebody, I have to become a servant to them. I have to care about where they're at in life. I have to care about what's going on in their situation and yeah. where I'm taking them to. It's not just, hey, come and follow me. It's let me identify where you're at and then help you from that position to get you to the place of where we all want to go to. So you kind of already talked a little bit about servant leadership. What, so I want to expand, what is, the, what is that heart? the person who is a servant leader, what does their heart look like? Cause you're saying it should come from a place inwardly to go outwardly. What does that heart look like? You know, I, I think the hard situation, it's a posture of loving God. When I love God, almost every time you see Christ talking about loving God, he always equates it with loving people. And so when I love God, the natural outpouring of that love is that I'm going to love the people around me. You won't be able to lead well if you don't love those you're leading. Mm. So we can have the mental position of leadership, but if our heart isn't there, then we're eventually going to, going to trend down to our lowest common denominator. That's why the fruit of the Spirit is so powerful in leading wow. because it's not just taking a person from point A to point B. I have to first identify where they're at. I have to identify their situation. The next thing, I have to equip them because they're going to make a journey that they have to be equipped. After I equip them, I then have to navigate the course so they know where the next step is coming. And the last part is, hey, now that I've brought you here, now I want you to go back and bring somebody else to this place, be it spiritual or be it secular. Because every great leader, even in the secular culture that creates success, the next thing they want is go make more success. Right. So what are we seeing in culture today as far as servanthood and leadership? I, I, think, I think in culture today, we're seeing a vacuum of servant leadership. We're seeing an emptiness of it, which is causing the people to show this isn't working. We mm. need more servant leadership. Because what's happening is that we have a lot of people that have their own private agendas, be it in, you know, from schools where, you know, you have a lot of people that are, you know, the teachers that are working hard trying to lead the students. But sometimes the people that are making the decisions over those teachers aren't identifying with the people on the front lines. Right. And what happens when you don't see that servant leadership, you see the opposite of it. And so when you see the opposite of it, what happens is it, it, it creates a desire for right leadership we don't always know what's right but it's a lot easier to define what's wrong and right. I think when you see these styles of leadership and culture we say okay well that's not it so let's try something else yeah. and so the hope is in the midst of this season that we would see what's working and double down on it and see what's not working and try to bring change to it yeah um, I think I think you're so like hitting it right now with there is a vacuum there is a void um, I think people don't know where to go to even how, how do they do that? I think a lot of it has to do with, like you said, uh, functioning in the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, because I notice in my own self when, um, 
I don't, when I'm really operating fully and I don't have a choice whether I want to pick the, one, the, the thing that I'm strongest in, mm -hmm. you know, like loving and kindness, right? right. Um, yeah. The thing that I struggle with, which is maybe self-control or um, forgiveness, let's just say, uh, forgiveness isn't one of them, but I couldn't think of the other one. Um, <laughs> patience, patience, that's what it was parenting will teach you that one yeah. <laughs> um, and so that truly for me is where i learned the the application of the fruit of the spirit where i started to say how am i role modeling in, in front of my kids you know how like if i'm blowing up and i'm telling them you need to be patient i'm not really setting a good example Mm -hmm. um, so I think a lot of it comes from, you know, inward reflection and inward evaluation and accountability and, and actually asking somebody else, how am I doing in this area? And like right. being, being honest and saying, like, I, I really want you to give me the honest truth. And then for me, it was asking, you know, my husband, Josh, and saying, um, I'm, I'm fully aware. I think I've made this thing of impatience or, or lack of self-control uh, a thing and kind of said, well, this is just who I am. Um, and my whole family is this way, or, or maybe they're just short tempered and, you know, uh, blame it on, you know, my, my genetics, my, I'm Hispanic, like that's just who I am. But then I started to really think, but whose genetics am I calling upon when I need help? That's right. Cause I'm all like, Jesus help me. And he's like, well, you know, <laughs> Why aren't you calling your people? Because right, right. you're saying that's just how you are. And I started really saying like, wow, I really need to work on these things. And so I have found when I am fully functioning and, you know, not well sometimes, but more in the, all right, God, I need you to give me the patience today. I need you to give me the strength. I'm really good at loving and kind words and gentleness. But when I'm fully functioning in all of them is, is the times I've gotten further in being a better leader and a lot of it starts at home you know mm -hmm. um and for for moms it could be like oh i'm never gonna lead a big company i'm never like what big difference does it mean that i'm you know being a good leader at home mm -hmm. you never know what these kids are gonna do like they're untapped potential you right. know and so i i think as um women and men who are at home or maybe stuck at home because of unemployment thinking like Oh, like how, what, what big deal am I making by just being lackadaisical, if you will, with leading my kids? I started to see that if I can't lead my kids well, maybe God possibly can't trust me with more than that. Right. And, um, and so when I've, I've really focused on, okay, if God wants us to be faithful with little, I've got to be faithful at home. And then God will, God will bless me with much and he'll give me responsibility because with, you know, uh, much is given, much is required. And so yeah. I started to really like, think about like how I respond to just even the question of what's for dinner, you know, right. <laughs> simple things, right? Like, like we don't have to be super complicated. It's just the simple things of life. How do you respond? Um, and all of that can be, can lead it to something great because I mean, you probably didn't see for yourself wearing all the roles that you did, but you were faithful with little. I, I remember our talk um, back in um, May or June, I can't remember, but you, you were faithful when you were leading um, the young adults. Yeah. And so that, that was like practicing ground for what you're doing now. You know, those were yeah, all. It, it, was, it was a servant leadership. I remember my youth group when I was like 14, I, I was actually uh, in my high 14? school. 
I no no no. So I started serving. So I started I started helping, and, and so I, I was I was uh, in my high school. I was actually one of the best basketball players in my in my school. So I was a freshman. I was playing junior varsity. They wanted to move me to varsity, and the Lord said, "I want you to quit the basketball team, and I want you to start helping at your youth group." And so for me, this was up to that point what I thought was going to be the path of life for me. But I quit in obedience, and I began. I tell youth pastor, "Hey, how can I help?" And I just began to pick up chairs after service. So I just thought I'm going to go in there and just do whatever the Lord tells me. So as I began to pick up chairs after service, nobody else was there except the youth pastor. So the youth pastor began to take me under his under his wing and began to mentor me and show me, you know, spiritual truths. It took him decades to learn, wow. and he was communicating to me as a 14, 15, 16 year old. So I ended up becoming a youth pastor at 21. And it was because I positioned myself by serving and serving was the door open to leading. And so, you know, I I think in this season, it's been, it's been a very difficult season for everybody, Mm -hmm. but I I think this season has brought us to the end of ourselves. And so God is saying, Hey, this is a great reset. This is when we see the, the, the impotence, the inability of natural leadership yep. to bring the answer. So it opens the door for supernatural leadership. And when I say what I mean, when I say that, what I mean is the fruits of the spirit allow us to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. But the Lord wants to bring us into a place where the gifts of the spirit allow us to lead our neighbor. Okay. Have we ever thought, God, what if I asked you for a word of wisdom to lead my company? What if I ask you for a prophecy to be able to lead a generation? So when we begin to understand that what God is doing is setting the stage for those that have the ability to touch his heart through servanthood. Well, then we have, we've allowed ourselves much like David to go through the ranks of serving where we're instituted to the place of leading. But now that we're leading, we have to do something different because as Einstein says, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results is insanity. Correct. But when we walk into the supernatural, now we're not depending upon our ability to lead. We're serving Holy Spirit and allowing Holy Spirit to lead through us. So what if we we bounce back from 2020, preparing not to do things harder and faster like we were, but to do things differently? Mm Because what happens is, you know, we're we're in this hustle culture, no days off, all these things. And, and, And what it becomes is the curse. Because okay. under the curse, you get ahead by the sweat of your brow. But under, under blessing, under relationship, you get ahead by rest. In Psalms 127, verse 1 says, um, I, I, I've really been feasting on this chapter. It's a five-verse chapter. But this is the, what the Lord's been speaking to me, specifically about kids. In verse 1, it says, unless the Lord builds a house, those who labor, labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches the city, those who guard it, guard in vain. So are we building upon what God is the foreman? If we're not, then we're wasting our time. Right. But it begins to go verse two. And then it says, it says, you, you wake up early, you go to sleep late, you eat the bread of sorrows, but I give my beloved sweet sleep. And then it transitions to verse three. And it says, it says the children are the, the fruit of the womb is a reward of the Lord. My wife loves me. Right. And, <laughs> and she's crazy about me. And so she knows I'm busy. So when I do things like washing dishes, she gets excited and she celebrates. Yes. When I go and take out the trash, like it makes her day. But as much as she loves all those things, that didn't produce my son Kairos. Only one thing produced my son Kairos. That was intimacy. Mm-hmm. A lot of us are trying to get God's attention by leading and doing things. But what gets God's attention is fruitful, is being yes. fruitful. And yes. fruitfulness only comes from intimacy. Yes. Verse four then goes and it says, he who has a quiver full of children 
right? It says like an arrow, the yes. warrior shoots it. And then verse five says, and the children will speak at the gate with their enemies. The gate is the place of leadership. So our goal, my goal is to set Alessandra, Camila, and Kairos to go on my shoulders higher, further, and faster than I ever could. Right. So every time I interact with them, I position my mind to think I'm not dealing with my children. I'm dealing with my future. Yes. So it humbles me and positions me to know that I may be leading them, but my the father's goal is for me to serve them into their destiny and purpose. And that's where servant, servanthood and leadership combine at that intersection. So I think it's important. Well, first of all, I absolutely love that scripture verse. Um, I have my kids' names. Yes. Um, because I truly believed, um, you know, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but um, I, I believe everything that you're saying is a prophetic word for, um, for believers mm. who are truly having intimacy with the Lord, because I believe that we are those arrows that he is ready to launch, mm -hmm. but he needed to train us in 2020 and prepare us and to reset us because, you know, you talked about how, uh, building the, uh, unless the Lord builds a house, the, the uh, builders labor in vain, the Lord put on my heart that we needed to do more resting and put mm -hmm. him first. Um, that's actually on my vision board is to sleep, yes. to sleep more because I had lived a lifestyle of going against the grain. Like that is very common culture right now is hustle. It's, mm -hmm. you know, burn the candle on both ends. And Josh and I were two ships in the night, uh, him working one ship, I working another. And then I started when COVID happened, I knew the Lord was doing something and, you know, just something I'm going to throw out there. I've, I've always wanted to read a book, uh, write a book, mm -hmm. but I thought, you know what? What if I got to heaven and I never read God's book? I should really read the Bible from cover to cover, not just here and there. Right, right. I reading the Bible. I got a revelation in Genesis 1, okay? Yes. Like, it was, it was the most craziest, bizarre thing, but he was basically talking to me about sleep, mm -hmm. about how, and it, it, you know, probably would have never... I, I would have never seen it until, you know, you get to a place where he's basically putting you where, where you're, you're like, Oh wait, I think the Lord's talking to me. I probably right. know the word, yeah. but he talks about how, and then there was evening and then there was morning the first day. So simple. But when I realized that when, what he was saying is that how we begin our evening or yeah, how we begin our evening is how productive we are in the day. And that is actually one whole day that actually not getting our rest to prepare ourselves for what we're doing during the day, we're really going against the grain. We're going against God's rhythm. Exactly. So in the West, our day is morning and night. So our perspective is that we work and then we earn rest. In God's perspective, we rest and it empowers us to work. Yes. And that comes from our dependence upon him. Yes. And when God instituted the Sabbath, he told the, the Israelites, he said, you have to do this so you remember that it's my mighty right arm that brought you out of Egypt and not your own works. Yeah. So again, it's the culture that we're birthed into mm -hmm. and the culture that we're born again into. Which one are we going to choose? Yeah. You know, the, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It doesn't yes. mean we have to trend towards the flesh. It means we have a choice. And whoever we feed and are more intentional with, that's the one that's going to win. Right. Um, so I think the not just the heart posture, that's the first thing, but then 
our mentality has to shift to, um, I'm not working to please myself. I'm not working to elevate myself. You said it earlier, you're looking towards the future, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're not disappointed if you're not appointed or you're not you know, search or reaching for that throne. That's not our goal as servant leaders. Our goal is one, to glorify the name of Jesus and two, um, to lift up others because God loves people. And that, right. should, that should be our heart posture. But never thinking like, oh God, what about me? Because right. that is actually what leadership is right now that I'm seeing is, you know, you got this girl, you know, get your stuff done, um, you know, create your own, create your own brand. And what I'm seeing is these 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 people who are doing this they get some hype and then something like this happens and it falls because God wasn't in the center of it and neither were people, neither were other people, you know? Um, it was all for self and not for others. Uh, but when we are truly seeking servant leadership through the eyes of Christ, um, we're looking at the future. We're looking at, and it's not even also, I should also say, it's not even just the gain of our, of our, our future, but, um, are we bringing those people with us to heaven? Right. That's the other thing. You know, it's not just, oh, so we're, you know, creating a legacy of wealth for our family, but are those people going to heaven as well? Are we reaching the gospel to people? Are we talking right. about right. Jesus and the love of Jesus? Um, because, you know, I just don't, I started to really tally up when I started this whole, this whole Paloma Blanca and shift changer was, you know, um, not that I'm having a tally or anything, but like on my book of the things to do, what was it saving souls and how many souls have I saved? And am I, am I talking about Jesus enough? I, maybe I have it. Maybe it's all been all about me. And so for me, that was when God started to shift me. Like, you know, I want to do something with you, but he was waiting for my yes. He was waiting right. for my best. Yes. You know, cause you, you know, you tell me to go to Hawaii. I'm like, yes, right. so, <laughs> sign me up. And it's like, God, I, uh, I want, he's like, I want you just to live for me and I want you to serve me. You're like, okay. And he's like, well, what happened to the, the yes that you gave the girl when they invited you to Hawaii? Like God wants that best yes too. Like he wants that from us. And I think through obedience, you know, is what I'm seeing again from your, from your life, but also from the, from the Bible. Uh, just how time and time again, the ones who God used were the ones who they, they were like, God, I don't even know how you're going to use me, but yes, I will do it. Like I have all these flaws. I don't even know how I'm going to do it, but you know what? I trust you, you know? So that's just, it, go ahead. You know, it, I feel like God, like the people that God has used, it wasn't that they were saying, God used me in great ways. They were saying, God, I want to please you every morning I start my prayer time off with two questions. I asked the Lord, I asked him, number one, what are you thinking? He's the most brilliant being in the universe. So I care more what about he thinks than about what I think. The second thing I ask him is how can I move your heart? How can I put a smile on your face? When I make that my position, it's a position of serving him. Mm -hmm. Well, if, if he can trust me with serving him, that he can trust me with leading others. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we, we spend a lifetime trying to make a million dollars and God can give us a million dollars in a 30 minute conversation. Yes. But if we, but if God can't trust us with a 30 minute conversation, then he really can't trust us with a million dollars. Right. So it's going after the father's heart first, because what he cares about is not the tithe of a million. 
He cares about the heart. And yeah. so if he can, if he can entrust our heart, then he can put us in places that we never, we never thought we were good enough or really aren't good enough to be at. Yeah. But it comes back to the place of, of where's our heart with God, because our first place of servanthood is with him. Mm-hmm. And if we can't serve him, then we definitely can't serve our neighbor. Yeah. And to him, our heart is worth, you know, a million. Right. We just don't know that. We, we just don't know the, the value and the worth that we are in Christ. Um, and I think that's where um, the enemy gets us trapped by, you know, thinking, oh, well, you know, I, I have this problem or this is my past and, you know, I'm, I'm no good to the kingdom. Um, but God doesn't care about that. He cares about your heart. And if you're willing to serve him, he'll use your, your past and everything else that's wrong with you to, to glorify him, you know, that don't limit him by that, you know? No. And, and there's one of my, one of my, my life coaching sessions I do. Um, there's a, there's a Japanese style of pottery called Kintsugi. Mm. Kintsugi is when they have, um, is when they have a broken piece of pottery and they remake it um, and, and they cover the cracks in gold. And so this type of pottery is more valuable than regular pottery because they say the cracks show that the pottery have a story. A lot of times we try to make our story smaller, but what God does is he overlays his gold on our story and makes it more valuable through his redemption. That's so good. So what has been the impact for you? Um, You know, I know as your friend, but I'd love for your listeners to know through your obedience uh, back then from picking up chairs to, um, being under the wing of your mentor who eventually you, um, I guess you worked alongside him in the, in the youth ministry. Right. Um, what has, what has been the, the impact for you, your family, uh, your relationship? Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So at, at the age of 16, I wrote a contract to God and I put uh, the life contract of Michael Stephen Rosas And then uh, I left it completely blank and I signed my name at the bottom. I said, God, whatever you want to write into my story, my answer is yes, you have complete surrender. What God is not looking for is skilled, intelligent, amazing people. What he's looking for, if I can be completely honest, is donkeys that he can ride into town. Come on. so, So all he needed was my yes. To, to, to put his super onto my natural. Mm-hmm. And so through that, through, through me never saying no, when somebody offers me an opportunity, whether I'm skilled enough for it or not, I, I don't say no or yes. I ask God and I define my answer based on his position. Because I know if I, if I can agree with his yes, even if I feel like it's a no, it will position me to step into a level that I've never been in. Yeah, and so, so that has been the, the story of mine and Lydiette's and our, our children's lives. It is never trying to figure out what the what the ultimate plan looks like, but position us into this place of surrender and yielding to God, so that whatever He says yes, it allows us to step into a place maybe we weren't prepared for, but we thrive in because we are dependent upon Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, so, so me uh, me picking up chairs positioned me to eventually when I turned 21 my youth pastor went to Naples, Florida to start a church. And so the senior pastor, which was a mega church over 2,500 members, he said, Hey, you've been serving faithfully. And he asked me to step into a place of youth pastor um, at the age of 21 when I wasn't necessarily prepared for it, but I was called for it. Mm -hmm. And so from there I began to serve faithfully and every door that is open to me 
has been an invitation. I, I, I've, I've, to this place, I, I haven't brought resume and, and knocked on doors to bring it in. Why? Because, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just talking about my personal story. Yeah. But my personal story has been God opening a door and saying, are you ready to jump? Not knowing what's on the other side of the door. And I say, if you say yes, I'll say yes. If you go, I'll go. Right. And we jump through the door and the Lord has led us to amazing opportunities that, that I really don't deserve. I, I've served some of the poorest people on the planet in, uh, in homeless orphans. And I've served some of the richest people on the planet in, uh, in professional athletes and celebrities. And so, but in the midst of that, I never asked for one or the other. All I ask is, God, how do I put a smile on your face? And that's been my prayer. So it's never, God, you know, I'll say yes if you do this, or, or, or I'll do this if we do it this way. I have a blank contract, and whatever God says, that's how it works. And it's opened up the doors for incredible opportunities I, I don't deserve. I've got invited to the nation of Israel by the government. Um, I, I've been able to minister to, to some of the richest people in the world. I've been able to minister in front of large congregations, organizations. Um, but I've also been able to sit with orphans in third world countries, love on them, and share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it, it's, it's a, a story that I could have never authored on my best day, but my surrender to God allowed him to take the pen and write the story of my life. I think you have to have both humility, flexibility, and um uh i guess just your yes to the lord and he will he can use that you know Uh, also the 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 boldness and the the courage to say yes to whatever it takes guts to to do that you know um to say lord the contract is open i'll do whatever um i don't know that that like when you said that i was like i was kind of blown away um, it takes some boldness, some tenacity to, to just say, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do because I'm after your heart, you know? Yeah, because there's this entrepreneurial culture that, that glorifies the lifestyle of a business owner entrepreneur. But yeah. the reality is I don't, have, I, don't, I don't get a biweekly paycheck. I get a bi-faith paycheck. Whenever yeah. God provides, I take that and I steward what I need to. And he supernaturally provides again and again and again. It's awesome to have a business, but there's also a lot of bills that come with having a business. Absolutely. There's, there's employees that, that I have to watch over their families and their finances. So I make sure they get paid even if I don't because they took a chance on, on joining with our companies also. But the mm-hmm. Lord has been gracious because the same way they joined with me, I joined with the Lord and the Lord is has always honored us and faithfully um, taken us to places and provided for us in ways that, that we honestly don't deserve. But he, he could trust you with it though. That's the yeah. thing is he could, he could trust you with it. And, and he's, um, but you've, from, from the beginning of the conversation, you grew roots, you grew intimacy with the Lord, you were planted and established. So he knew that, you know, whatever would come your way, you were always going to stay rooted in him and he could trust you. Um, I think it's also interesting. I'm going to be real. I have come from that mentality where you couldn't do anything until you had a degree, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And that for me was something that was kind of ingrained as a um, 20 something year old. Um, And it was hard for me to, for the Lord to shift me, to do something else and not leverage on my degree. Mm-hmm. Now he told me he, I, I felt him like I had never hung them up. Okay. That I have several degrees. I never hung them up. 
Um, it wasn't a thing, but he told me after the fact to hang them up. And I was like, I don't, why? Like, what's the point? I don't need to see them. I don't need to be reminded, you know? And he, and he basically said, if you can do that, if you can say yes to that, you can say yes to anything else I'll tell you to do. Yes. I've already instilled in you the, the skills, you know? Um, and when I had, um, when, when I, I knew what he was doing when I was let go, you know, not everybody's story was the same out of the 900 people who were let go. I was the one who, cause we, the, the hospital, um, went bankrupt. So we were all let go. Um, and so, you know, that story isn't for everybody, but for me, he was telling me to come home. And so when I, when I truly felt that after three interviews, I knew I was like, um, and even my husband was like, why are you even going? You told me God told you to stay home. And I was like, I don't know, maybe he'll change his mind. I'm gonna look for a sign. <laughs> I literally did. And so then I asked him for one. If you want me to stay home, I need a sign. I'm putting a 12 year degree to rest. And I, I, and I, had, I had heard a testimony of this girl who had uh, given her life to, um, to serving in missions. And she gave God her best yes. Mm -hmm. um, and then she was tragically killed. Um, and what was spoken about her was the fact that she said yes to Jesus. Now that was about um, a year before this happened. So I was hearing about this girl and her best yes and the yes she gave to the Lord. And so I felt like God was stirring something in my heart. But then later on, I got let go and I, I felt like God was preparing me ahead of time to say yes to this and that he wanted my best yes. Like, cause I, I would be like, I was so inspired by her. I was like, I want like that. I, yeah, we need to give God our best yes. But I didn't know what to say yes to <laughs> until that happened. And then I'm home. And so I put away all like my, my stethoscope, all my little things I take to work with me. And um, I didn't want to see it. And so uh, he told me one particular month later on in the year um, to pull it out, to go find them. And so I, I was just like, I don't even know where I put them. I went to go find it and, and then I was, I was mad because I had had my original one for about eight, uh, probably about close to 10 years. And so I just bought that one and that one was like $400 for a stethoscope. And so I, I hung it up and he said, I trained you to listen to hearts and I'm still going, you're still going to use that skill. I needed to teach you how to listen to hearts. Yes. And so something that he um that i i had always learned was a full assessment or talking about the whole body right so every time a person came in i just would listen to their heart because um because god told me to was always listen to their heart so i'll listen to their heart and i you know i would pick up on arrhythmias i would pick up on hey are you dehydrated hey like you know so i would just make recommendations so i i always wasn't sure what was going on. I would call it my intuition. And I know, I know now that God was giving me discernment. But later on, I, I, I hang up the stethoscope and he said, the reason why I put you in nursing um, and I taught you all those skills was to teach you to listen to hearts and hear the irregularities and to lead them back to me. But I had to train you to do all that, to get you to where, to where you are now. Um, to a place where you could give me your best yes and, and to develop you um, in, that, in those ways. And so he's basically said, I'm still going to use that skill that you still can hear hearts. I love it. You know that you can hear mine too. And so, um, so yeah, and, and learning to live like 
outside of this, 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 this mindset, this culture of, I can't do something unless I have a certification for it. Right. I can't be a leader. I can't be a business owner until I have, you know, a business education until I um, have a consulting um, education, whatever the case may be. I started to see and, and experience for myself that the Lord would qualify me and the Lord would, um, I guess, lack of a better word, build me up, build this brand on yeah. just my yes. And I would learn along the way and I would ask for help. And, um, and with Revive Her, he taught me basically that he wanted me to help other women cast vision, uh, create that vision, collaborate with them and cultivate them into who God had called them to be because that is what he'd done for me. Wow. Um, and so I began to see that all the things I had created on a vision board I had done, but now it was time for me to ask the Lord what he wanted me to do and create yeah. his vision. And so, um, that's where, you know, the servant leadership for me, I started to see, like, I think God wants me to use what I've used and establish it to other people. And for, and, and for many times, even still now, I, I'm like, I can't do that because I'm not a life coach or I can't do that because, you know, all I have is nursing. And God is saying, yeah, that's all you need, you know, yeah. go with what you got, go with your staff, you know, like you told right. me. And, you know, I think the Lord likes to bring us into places where one, we have to fully depend upon him, but two, we can't glory. The Lord says, nobody, no man shall glory in my presence. Right. And so it's in those places where we see um, the weakness of us, that God allows his strength to gravitate around us. And so I, I love it because it's like Moses, you're, you're getting trained without knowing you're getting trained. Yes. Even if you're trained, you still have to be dependent because you can't do it without him. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely been um, my story and something that I've continually sharing. Like you guys, like I'll, I'll post something on social media, like help me because I don't know what I'm doing. You guys know that. And I've had some of the best connections with just sharing like where I'm at and like I need help or just even someone collaborating with me. I found a, a graphic designer that I can now work with um, who, who loves the Lord by just saying, you know, kind of like trying to do something on Instagram. And he's, you know, he was like, Oh, I can help you with that. You know, I would have never known that being vulnerable with what I'm not good at would right. lead to that, you know? Um, and I think a lot of that comes with, you know, being a servant leader and, and having that transparency and saying, Hey, I don't have it all together. I'm actually winging it half the time. And the Lord is just directing me where I go. And, and, and when you, when you show that vulnerability, People think that we think that it'll push people away, but in reality, it endears us to other people because too often we make it look like we have it all together and we don't need help. And so people say, well, they don't need help. Mm -hmm. But when we do need help, especially those of us who are believers, we have the love of the father in us. So it compels us to go and help others. And so, but you know, it's the, it's the, the facade that the world tries to teach you that we have to have it all together. Well, the reality is nobody has it all together. Yes. You know, I, I just think with, I think, I think with servanthood leadership, I, I don't necessarily have, um, you know, it, I, I don't think you become a master at servant leadership. I think true servant leaderships, uh, servant leaders always, always have that humility and that dependence upon God mm. because you're trying to figure it out. <laughs> and so I, I think it takes humility to be a servant leader because when we think we have it all together it's usually and, and i'm not saying you can't have it all together but a lot of times that pride will well up and will lead us to thinking 
that, um, that, that we don't have to. And we err more on the side of leadership and servanthood. But I think anytime you go from a Christian biblical perspective, it's always servant before it's leader. Oh, yes. That's so good. Um, thank you for uh, just saying all that. It's when a leader is asked to, let's say, um, step away or retreat to rejuvenate, or if the Lord is just t- calling you to, um, for I guess for people to understand better, like either you know have a respite to get off social media, um, or and and for me, He's told me that multiple times um, throughout this year and last year, but many times this year, and. I got a little nervous doing so having a brand and, and, you know, obviously needing some funds, but I was like, Lord, this is risky. And, and he, and, and he was kind of like, well, do you trust me? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I've, I've, every time I've done it, I, I remember the last time. Okay. I know he took care of me. Right. Um, but what do you feel or how do you feel personally when like, I don't know what the balance is, but God, because he's really just teaching me right now. Cause I've never been my own boss. I've always been around a, someone else has, has been my leader as far as working. So learning when he's telling me, Hey, I want you to step off social. I want you to have this weekend where you're focusing on yourself. I just actually came back this morning from um, spending two days by myself so I could finish a journal that I was working on. And I asked, you know, Josh first, Hey, I, this is so important. And I know you know that. And if I write this just for myself, I really feel God telling me to do this, mm. you know, and, and, and removing myself from like any interaction, um, asking phone call, I'll call you later. What, what have you seen? Um, and, and, and tell me, like, even the scary parts, like, for you, what have you done? What has the Lord had you do? And um, are you seeing that being profitable in, in your businesses or in your ministries? I, I definitely think so. I heard this, this quote from Max Lucado, and it says, A man who wants to lead the orchestra must turn his back on the crowd. For us to position ourselves to lead well, we have to, we have to seasonally separate ourselves from those that we lead because we can get so caught up be it a business or a family or a group we get so caught up that we have to get ourselves in alignment with god when mm-hmm. lydia was going to have the baby um she would start having contractions and then contractions would stop so we eventually found out that her body was out of alignment so because the body was out of alignment birthing would start but then it would stop because she wasn't there so, mm-hmm. so she, she had to do these stretches things that she wouldn't normally do. She had to get outside of her normal comfort zone as far as her body yeah, to get her body in right alignment. Sometimes we have to get out of our normal schedule to get back in right alignment. Mm-hmm. And so for myself, number one, it's, it's a huge leap of faith because you know you do things that you think you have to do to steward your company well, and you do have to do them. And so you're taken away from that regular time. But the reality is in that separated time, to, to catch my breath, to let my mind recharge, to get along with, with God and allow him to speak to me. The reality is I can do more in that separate amount of time that I could probably do in months having to be in the day-to-day things. Yeah. A lot of times we get so caught up working in the business that we can't work on the business. And both are equally important. Yes. And so for myself, um, I think the best way I can define it is like the Israelites in the wilderness. Okay. God said, don't move 
you know, during the day they would have a cloud to block the sun. It gets really hot in the, in the wilderness, in the desert. Yeah. And then at night they had fire because it gets really cold in the same place. So God had, you know, a cloud to block the sun and fire to keep them warm. Well, the reality was it was symbolic because in Acts chapter 2, we see Holy Spirit defined as both, as fire and as a wind. And so what, what, I, what I teach leaders to do, even my own employees, I say when God moves, that's when we move. When yeah. he does move, that's when we stay. Yeah. So if I see God leading me, if I truly believe, and so in, internally in my companies and ministries, I tell everybody, hey, God's a CEO. So yeah. if we do something that's erratic or doesn't make sense to a business mind, you've got to just kind of go with the flow because I'm not the one making the decisions. Right. And, and we have an awesome staff, so, so they've never struggled with that. Right. But because of that, when God pulls to the side and says, hey, it's time to to get away when we have to do that. In the Bible, we see Jesus, the Bible says that, that he would escape and he would pray all night. Mm-hmm. But then he'd come back and he would spend seconds with men or with women and we would see miracles. A lot of times we spend seconds with God and when we get with man and woman, we have to spend all night to try to see a miracle. That's so a, it's about, a miracle. <laughs> yeah, it's about going to, to the rhythms of grace that Holy Spirit gives us. And so yes, it's a little bit you know tentative, but at the end of the day, if we really believe that he is Lord of all, I tell God, God, this business goes under. That's on you. Like, you're the one who's going to have to find another way to provide for me and my family. You're the one who's going to have to supernaturally make a way. Because we have, the Rosas family have said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Yeah. We put your name on the line in obeying and living by faith. Mm-hmm. So if I miss you, I need you to have mercy. But if you tell me to do something, well, you're going to take care of me. Yeah. I think it goes back to what you were saying that in servant leadership, it's an upside down mentality. Uh-huh. And the world is so if, if the Lord's saying, Hey, I need some time with you. I want to um, spend time with you. I just need you to like step away, whatever it yeah. is. He may not even tell you why or what right. that's usually for me. I'll tell you the details later. I just want you, I just want your yes. Um, but it's, it's very countercultural to step away to not post on social um, I even spoke with one, one girl who was like, I even said, well, why don't you just share when the Lord tells you to share, forget about the algorithm. And, and she was like, are you kidding me? I was like, no, I'm serious. Like it, you do what the Lord tells you to do. Like at the end of the day, don't we both, don't we both work for Jesus? You know, right. like this is truly what it is to be, you know, co co-laborers with the Lord. Yes. And, yes. And, yes, and yes. Like, Hey, he calls the shots. I just execute, you know? Right. Um, and, and, and because of that, I've had to make that decision. I, and I already know what your answer is, but because I, because this is new for me is Lord, if you want me to close this down, I will do that. You know, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know, I'm not attached to anything anymore the way I was. And he had to show me that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and through that, I think that I've, you know, through serving him and, and, and him leading me, he had to lead me first so I could follow and actually um, do what your mentor did and just kind of like take me under his wings and show me. And so. Right. Uh, on a seasonal or annual basis, me and Lydia put things on the altar and we tell God, kill it or let it live. It's your choice. And, and we do that in, in regular periods because we want to make sure that we're doing what God wants us to do and not yeah. what we think he wants us to do. Yeah. You, you know, um, no one's asked me, actually, I took that back. Maybe two people have asked me just this month. Um, but 
you know that we've gone through the unemployment phase with my husband and uh, thankfully no one's asked me, but I'm sure it's been on the minds of people, but I've actually asked Josh and God, do you want me to go back to nursing? Mm. Do, do, and, and it's almost a test. Every time I have to ask it, I'm like, am, what am I, am I going to be okay with like, yes. Right. And, and multiple people would tell me, do you know how much money you'd make? And honestly, like, especially during COVID and all that stuff. And my friends were like, you know, you should go to New York. You'd make so much money. And I was like, I don't live like that anymore. Yeah. I'm not money hungry anymore. I'm, I'm not driven by, by that anymore. Like, honestly, it was very tempting. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, if, if God isn't in it, I don't want to be there anymore. I don't want to do it. Like if the cloud is still there, I'm still here. I, I don't yeah. move until he says. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's been, um, opening, And I think COVID for me specifically, and I, I don't want, I, I'm not disregarding anybody who passed away or who's dealt with it, but it, it through it, it has, is brought me closer to him mm-hmm. and has really opened my eyes to um what he wants to do in myself but also in his um sons and daughters of those who are listening and willing to say yes to um his leading yes i love it so uh give us your shift or change acronym so the listeners have something to walk away with from this so i don't necessarily have an acronym for those (laughs) I, i i do have an acronym that i ask myself when i have leadership um opportunities that I don't know how to choose and it's simple and everybody's heard it but it's it's where it's what works for me what would Jesus do right yeah because because he is the ultimate servant leader so I don't have to figure it out I, I have Holy Spirit that Jesus said he'll remind you of all my words and he'll lead you and guide you so I ask him what would Jesus do and then from there, it allows me to go in the position and the direction that he would have for me to go. That's so good. That's so good. Um, yeah, that he's been asking, he's been putting that in me too. And that's <laughs> I ask myself, okay, Jesus, what would you do? And that's something, it's funny, I've been something that we've been working on uh, in making bracelets for, um, yes. for, the, for the store, because I feel like that's important. Like we've, we need to get back to the basics and asking ourselves and, you know, just a moment by moment, you know, even in like the Chick-fil-A line or wherever, like, what would you just do? You know, mm-hmm. the question is being asked whether we're asking it or not, you know, the Lord is presenting it to us. And so we have a responsibility as, um, believers to respond to the call yes i love it thank you so much mike um where can people connect with you on social or your website my pleasure the honor's been all mine you can go to the website mike rosas r-o-s-a-s dot org um i'm on uh, facebook and instagram mike rosas dot us dot us and uh, if i can ever be of service or of love to anybody we're here to serve well i appreciate you and i know Uh, firsthand that you mean what you say. So I love you guys. I love your family. It was a great time talking with you until next time, Mike. Thank you so much, Monica. It's it's been an honor. And that is it for this episode of the Shift Changer podcast. My hope is that as you listened, you're awakened to the reality that, hey, shift happens and you get the opportunity to be the change. Until next time, Shift Changers. Ciao.